Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag. Once again, I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. Hello everyone. <laughs> it's so good to be back here on Wednesday night doing our typical routine here on the Super Review Show known as Mixed Bag. Tonight's topic, I'm going to do build all the talking on this though and let him explain everything. But tonight's topic is since May and in many different situations across the country, is it is May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're doing a we're highlighting a bunch of movies that we think we should, you guys should check out for in response to May, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Bill, what else you got on that? Yeah, so since um May is Mental Health Awareness Month, like JT just said, we're going to be talking about some films that do include mental health and other things. Yeah. Um, and also we are going to throw in something extra too. Um, I just want to say we are not experts we're not psychologists yep so and all these movies are our own opinions mm -hmm. if you want a more professional opinion about how mental health is treated we ask that you go speak to a professional okay so yeah, yeah so mental health awareness month mental health is important and I know this past year, I bet everyone's mental health has been absolutely out Yeah, and might I chime in for a sec? This topic is a little bit, not controversial, it's just one of those topics, like, not many people like talking about it, but tonight we're going to mainly focus on the movies, but if there's if you have any, like, suggestions or anything, just jump in the chat board, let us know, and uh, we'll figure out where, where to go from here. So, Bill. Okay, sounds good. What is our first movie we're discussing? on the Superview Show tonight for our Mental Health Awareness Month. Well, I think there's one movie we should discuss, and I think this was the one that kind of like, was one of the first ones to portray mental health in films, and that is, of course, Miles Foreman's 1975 film, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I completely agree. Here we go. Um, I actually do have a review of this movie coming out soon-ish. Mm -hmm. Yep, and here's the picture for those of you at home. So Bill, why don't you get into it? Because I I have only seen bits and pieces. But you you're watching the movie as we are doing our broadcast tonight. What have you noticed, and what can you tell us about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Okay, the plot is Jack Nicholson plays Randall Patrick McMurphy. God, I think I've I think I've met my match when it comes to being Irish. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's about a. He's been on, he's been in a prison for having inappropriate relations with a young girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, but then he starts acting crazy so he could get sent to a mental institution. Uh -huh. So he's in the mental institution that it is run by the antagonist, Nurse Ratchet. That lady mm -hmm. right there in the white coat. Gotcha. And it's just like, okay, I think this is like the stereotypical what people think of a mental institution. And that is, you know, the white clothes, the. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I watched this when I was actually in, in a high school psychology class. Okay. And I remember my teacher would point out like the different methods that we use, like for instance, there's a scene when she's playing music 
Mm-hmm. And that is sort of like a thing about control. Right. And that is sort of a thing about control. And it's like, you know, it controls them. Yeah. It controls. It controls the get it controls the group. And, you know, she and I think what's so interesting, and I'll probably say this in my review. I think why Nurse Ratchet is such an interesting villain. She's not yelling and screaming most of the time. She's very calm. She has a very calm tone of voice. That very, you know, she's evil, but she's very subtle about it. Uh Uh-huh. And you can tell, you know, her one big weapon is control. And throughout the movie, McMurphy starts being friends with all the, um, whatchamacallit, um, with all the patients. And it's a nice movie to watch, but it is very... It does get very disturbing towards the end, which we're not going to be, I'm not going to be spoiling it because like I said, I want to, I'm going to be um, doing a review of this. Yep. So I want to just, you know, I'm just going to leave it to interpretation. So JT, you've only said you've seen a parts of this. I've only seen chunks of it. Um, I, I do know that Jack Nicholson is a, I, 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 there's one thing I do know is that Jack Nicholson is a dynamite actor. Um, oh, he he's, still is, he's one of the best. He one, he's one of the goats. He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, this movie, and I, and I, it turns out I was, re- I was reading up on it. We'll go to Wikipedia now. Uh, it was based off a book I found out. Uh, yeah, it was. I didn't know that until I started reading this earlier today before we were live. Now, um, I wanted to just, I was just going over like, like, the story and when the when the book was written and then it eventually became a major motion picture in 1975 um the story it, to me is very intriguing it's like really like incredibly shocking um and the director was Kubrick right no the music was yeah, Miles right. Foreman Miles Foreman sorry that was my bad uh, for some reason no I'm thinking of uh, Clockwork Orange for some reason that's my bad that's two separate movies <laughs> that also has um, to do with mental health in a way we could talk about that later right. I mean, that's, that's not bad um, but I mean, I, I just want to say, I, like, and the parts that I like, I said, I cannot comment on the actual movie as an actual, like, and um, it is only one of three films. And no, I'm not just reading it there. I actually knew this beforehand. It's yeah. actually only one of three films that won Academy Awards in all the five major categories, which is best picture, actor in a leading role, actress in a leading role, director, and screenplay. Wow. The other being, it happened one night in 1934, and this didn't happen again until 16 years later for, for Silence of the Lambs. I think I talked about this when I did Silence of the Lambs review. I think I remember put, putting that in the, uh, the video. By um, the way, yeah. whilst we're on that, real quick, I had his liver with a side of fava beans and a nice Chianti. Lovely. <laughs> um, I want to chat more, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. We, we we could talk about that too, honestly. Uh, now that we think about it, um, I'll open up another tab. Um, so look, as I was saying, I've only seen bits and chunks of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've seen the trailer numerous times, you know. Because sometimes, to be honest, I like to go back and watch movie trailers to like to put myself back in like the day it came out, kind of thing. And honestly, like this movie was intriguing to me, like the fact that like. 
he he is in prison for a rape of a girl, and he is then transferred into a, a hospital where he pretends where he basically pretends to be a mental a mental patient. I think Jack Nicholson though is the man. He like no, and to be honest, watching the even even in the bits and pieces I've seen, he, seeing him, no one else could have played it at the time. To be honest with you, no one could have come close to him in my opinion. One of my um, favorite lines in that movie. Let's see which one of you nuts have guts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. And I, I mean, it just, I, I, it, like I said, I haven't seen it, but it is widely considered to be one of the greatest films ever made. Um, it's one of the best. I mean, based on what I've read, I like I said, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I do know that this movie is, when you say, like, list off the greatest films of all time or in the 20th century or whatever, this is up in like the top. This 30. is on the list. This is definitely on the list. This is definitely within the top like twenty or thirty of all time. Uh, it's fantastic, um, from what I understand. But um, honestly, like I said, there's not much uh, much else I can go on about it, other than if you haven't seen it, and I'm talking to myself in this case, watch it for what oh, it's absolutely. worth. Absolutely, I think you need to watch it. I think I do need to watch, honestly. I mean, I know, I know that Bill said he's shooting a review for us here at the Super Review Show. Yeah, uh, it'll be out by the end of the week. Yeah, he's going to upload it. He's going to send it to me and we'll upload it then. But this is one of those movies where you're just like, you know what? You got to watch it. And I'm talking to myself in this case. I have to see One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest at some point soon. So maybe maybe on a rainy day. Who knows? <laughs> oh, rainy um, today. Oh, that's, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Uh, Bill. What is our next film that we want to talk about? Do you have any other comments really quick before we go on? No, nah, you know, since I just did one, why don't you do one? I'm going to talk about Well, I'm actually, I'm going to talk about one that we just kind of referenced because of the Oscars. And I didn't even think about it until we started, uh, so we, so, so we started recording. The Silence of the Lambs? I oh, guess I haven't you, seen it in a while. but Okay, um, okay. I saw it not too long ago. I must say like the past two or three years. So it's still kind of fresh in my brain. I can talk a lot about this if you want. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, since I covered Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, you covered Cuckoo's Nest. I'll cover Lambs. Um, Sansa the Lambs, I mean, what it's about, it's basically, for those of you who have not seen uh, Sansa the Lambs, it's do yourself a favor and, and watch Sansa of the Lambs. This movie is a freak show of a film. came out in 1991, and it's about how... Um, it's based on a novel, um, a 1980 book, and it's about Jodie Foster stars as Clarice, and she's an FBI agent who's working to find a serial killer and who basically skins his female victims. And I don't mean like, and I, when I mean skin, I mean like he actually like skins them. It's pretty disturbing stuff. Um, but it was a great film, and she has to work with Hannibal Lecter. Who is you know Clarice? And that line is from this movie. Um, honestly, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite films of the nineties. Uh, if if we if we would ever go by Bill, if we were to do, ever do a decade show, I talk and then we did the nineties. I definitely talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. I recommend it quite a bit. Yeah, because we talked about doing that. So maybe in the future. Maybe in a few weeks we'll do it. You know, who knows? But basically, this film, man, Sons of the Lambs. And what what a star-filled cast, too. Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins' chemistry on screen was fantastic. I ate it 
up. It was uh, delectable, as Hannibal Lecter might say. Um, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but basically it's about, like I said, it's about an FBI agent who's working to find a uh, the, the serial killer named Buffalo Bill, and she has to work with a serial killer to find him. The FBI is trying to help them out. It's a whole shebang production of the Hannibal Lecter films. And also there's other films as well. Um, there's other films in the Hannibal Lecter like, franchise, I guess. There was also a TV show at one point on, on in NBC. They did a couple seasons of that called Hannibal. Um, talk about that if you want. It's, it's totally fine. And um, I haven't seen that show, but I do know that I heard it was a very good show for the time being. Um, honestly, there's not, much, there's not much else I can say about um, Sons of Lambs other than, other than that I recommend you see it for what it is. It's a fantastic film. Bill, do you have any comments? Uh, I Like I said, I haven't seen it in a while and I don't really remember it, but but do the van stop screaming? Do they? <laughs> yeah. I've read the line, sorry. And I just thought of a movie and like I said, I'm only seeing a little bit of this next one. Like, I'm just like randomly thinking of shit here right now. Um, yeah, it's fine, go ahead. Taxi Driver. I didn't even think of that. That's a good one. You talking to me? Because you know what? I actually have... Um, it's not just about the movie. There's also something else, which I'll get into in a second. But it's just of an impact of something that happened. Um, taxi Driver is about... Um, it's about a, a taxi driver who has a plan to kill a politician who this girl he's into is interested in. And I didn't really want to talk much about the film because, like I said, I haven't seen the whole thing. But I wanted to bring up something interesting because you brought up Jodie Foster. Yeah, that's like with mental health, um, this movie and, you know, this may tie off to another conversation. I want to get your thoughts. Um, sure. This movie was a favorite of a gentleman named John Hinckley Jr. If anyone knows that name, you know where I'm going with this. John Hinckley Jr. saw the movie and he was trying, he wanted to try to impress Jodie Foster. Okay. So in March, 1981, he goes to this DC hotel and you know what he does? What does he do? He shoots President Reagan. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, and you know what's the interesting, that day, that was actually the day that the Oscars were supposed to be held. Oh, okay. And it was postponed to the next day because of President Reagan being shot. I had no idea. And the irony is, um, Robert De Niro is in this movie, and the next day you want you know who won an Oscar for Best Actor? Who? Robert De Niro for Rage and Bull. Oh wow! Okay. And while he was, you know, he gives a speech, and then he goes, and then after people win the Oscars, it's actually they they go off to this thing where they meet the press, and the press asks some questions. They're like, you know, Mr. De Niro, the guy who shot the president yesterday said he was a big fan of taxi driver a movie you were in mm -hmm. do you feel like you're part way responsible for this hmm. well not those exact words but right 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 but you know it just goes into i know a bigger conversation but like do you think films like this could cause people to do shit like that 
Honestly, I think anything is possible in today's society, especially back then. It was like what the eighties. That, yeah, that, that was 1981. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm thinking. Honestly, I really like anything can happen in any situation. Anything can happen. It's just the truth. What I honestly think, but do I think Robert De Niro, a, an Academy level award-winning actor, do I think that he would be responsible for something like that? I don't think so at all, to be honest. Yes, he was. Because look, what year did you say that happened? 1981. Yes, and this movie was came out in 1976. So there's what? Uh, how many years is that? That's what seven five. years. That's a five, five year difference. Years. My math is off. Sorry. Uh, th- that's a five year difference between one movie that changed everyone's life and a life changing event that changed everyone. So do I think that that's like a total like thing? Not really. Um, do I think the two are connected? Not really at all, to be honest with you. And plus, like this is going off, you know, like this is going off to another, you know, this goes off to like when incidents like this happen. Yeah. They find stuff to blame. Like, oh, it was this movie. It was why, you know, it was this movie. It was this book. It was heavy metal music. Um, I was very young. Um, JT, I don't think even was around when this was happening but you know like in the 90s when we saw school shootings you know a lot yeah. of blame was on heavy metal music and violent video games right 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 like i don't know if you remember it like i was very i was very young when all that was happening no i mean, i i I've, I've heard of that stuff i haven't paid attention much to it but i've heard those connections made before but um so. but like the thing is it's like people who do those things are already not all there. A lot of people who do those actions are not exactly all. No, I, I, I Bill, you and I, that's a conversation we can have off camera. But, you know, like. But anyway, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, but that was, yeah, you know, but, you know, like, like a year earlier, people were blaming the book The Catcher in the Rye because it caused, allegedly caused Mark David Chapman to shoot John Lennon. But, mm-hmm, you know. Right. But you know what? I think there was a episode of South Park, and I think it describes it perfectly. Like when they were reading The Catcher in the Rye, and one of the characters, Kyle, goes, Mr. Garrison, isn't this the book that that inspired that guy to kill John Lennon? And Mr. Garrison goes, yes, Kyle. John Lennon's character says John Lennon's killer says he was inspired by this book, but in all reality, he was just a kook. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not that I'm dismissing that, but yeah, but I just, I just thought, you know, cause you brought up Jodie Foster and I remember that hearing that um, Hinckley wanted to shoot Reagan to impress Jodie Foster. Right. I got and you. you know what the irony of the, and you know what the actually fun, the funny irony of all that is? What? Jodie Foster is a lesbian. Really? I didn't know that actually. That's not actually... in commend. So, uh, John, she wasn't going to be impressed by that. <laughs> that's not that I'm making fun of this situation. But... No, of course. No, no, no. That's, 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 that's kind of funny. That situation's funny. It's just uh, the, not that Reagan was shot, but just the irony that he was trying to impress Jodie Foster and Jodie Foster's not into men. So, right, right, right. It's just <laughs> kind of funny. But, um, yeah, but you know what? That just that does raise a serious question. Yeah. Any other anything else for taxi driver though, bud? 
I think we're good. All right. So another film that we have pulled out for you tonight is I'll talk about it if you want, Bill, first. Because you just what talked about that. The Breakfast Club. We'll get yeah, the you just did a second. review of it. Yeah, plug for our super review review of a super review of the uh, Breakfast Club. <laughs> um, this movie, Bugs, and, and less about mental health. It's more about just teenagers getting along. I mentioned this in the review, and I'm glad we brought it up. Um, we, I'm glad we brought it up tonight and also did a review of it as well. I think I, I, think I mentioned this, actually. This movie talks about uh it shows these five basically if you've never seen the breakfast club first things first watch it it's fantastic go, it. go classic john hughes classic don't everything forget about it oh <laughs> don't you forget about this movie guys um but for real this movie is great because on several reasons number one and I, i'll get to the third big reason in a second the first reason is because it showed how five complete strangers can get along. And that's something that not just that was so much less about like teenagers and drugs and mental health. That was that was a lot more about like humanity, how like or just people getting along, how we need to be inclusive together. It's just the truth. Um, Honestly, though, like Judd, you know, I forget what they said in the trailer um, because I'm trying to because you know me, I watch a lot of trailers. Uh, a punk, a, a jockey, a goth, uh, not a goth, you know what I mean? a beauty queen and a nerd all get along and they all become the breakfast club. And this, look at that shot. That's a great shot right there of the whole cast. Honestly, ing- incredible. The casting of all five characters are spot on. I could not see like Sean Austin do this back in the day. I could not see like, um, you know what I mean? I just... There's so much. There's so there's so much here that's to be said. Not and honestly, yeah, yeah. In the movie, were they smoking pot? Yeah. Were they? Were they? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. Were they? You know, were, did they all get along in the end? Though, yeah. And there was some anxiety. There was some stress here and there. You know, whatnot. But at the same time, these five characters who had completely different backgrounds all got along in the end and it was great um and of course the very icon i mentioned this in the ending of the video i made for the review of it uh the ending of it with uh the judd nelson character holding his fist up in the air is don't you forget about me is being played classic 80s moment right there that is a classic um, 80s moment but one thing i i touched on this in the, and i want to go more in depth with it right now this film should be remade here's why i say that the breakfast club should have a remake today not not for the reasons of oh why are you going to remake the breakfast club what is wrong with you blah 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 shut up no film is irreplaceable you're fine all right relax so the breakfast club can have a remake because you can drag it's a perfect film to drag other elements of teenagers today in high school with social media with anxiety with stress uh, and other topics like that, you can drag them into a Breakfast Club remake or a film just as like the just like the Breakfast Club, but a brand new writer and everything too. But if you re- if you re- remake it, the Breakfast Club, and you do that spin on it, and you might have people's attention. Uh, plus, this is a movie a lot of people have seen. Uh, a lot of people have seen the Breakfast Club either in one at one point in their life or another, 
And if you haven't, like I said, get on it. But I think it's due for a remake for the reasons of, look, this movie came out in 1985. And you know what? You may, you let Fallout Boy does a song for it or whatever and call it a day. And you could remake it with different things that you could do. You could do more drugs. You could do social media. You could do anxiety, stress, mental health. Again, we're not trying to stress that point at all here. But well, like I said, this tonight's episode is about bringing awareness to mental health and bringing awareness with movies that talk about it. We're not trying to degrade people or anything like that or call it a the wrong thing whatsoever. It's not. We're trying our best tonight to be as crystal clear with you as we can about how it is important to be aware of it and films that we think can bring it up in a good manner. Oh, absolutely. So I hope that was well sped. There's good, good, good poetry coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but huh. I think a Breakfast Club remake would actually be interesting because you deal it with today's problems. Yeah, and you, you could do the same like kind of like casting, like a, a, a punk guy, a jock guy, a beauty prom queen girl, a nerd, and a nobody. Put that all together today, and you could have different elements in it. I don't, Bill. What do you think about that? Does that sound good to you? I think that would be really good because I think, you know it's. I'm as much as I like the Breakfast Club. I will admit it is a little dated. Yeah, I mean, some of the some moments are a little dated. Like, imagine cell phones, social media. That could be another factor. Because you know that's a thing that you know. That's a thing that you know. With social media, how would that go? I mean, let's say let's say you have the Ali Sheedy character, who was the nobody who didn't really talk to anyone, who was dressed in black. You know, let's say she's the one who has the uh, uh, like. If they were to remake it, like that character could deal with things like um, social media. Like she could talk. That character could be like the the quiet one who's off social media. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a, there's so many different elements there you could really use. Let me ask you, um, who do you think would be the new Breakfast Club, like cast wise? Oh my God, well, that's actually an extremely difficult question because they're so key. It's like, the, it's like, you, it's like you literally just asked me how, how are you going to remake Back to the Future? The casting is the key part. Um, um, honestly, I don't know who you could, I, uh, who would you cast? You, you know what? I want to be completely honest with you. Go with total unknowns hmm. and then have them break out in this film in a remake of it. Have those actors break out and become stars. If you need, uh, you need one big name in there. So I'd say like, I like Timothy uh, uh, Chalamet. You know who he is? Yeah, I know who he is. I think he would play a really good, like, either a Judd Nelson character or the, uh, either a Judd Nelson type character or the John. Bless you. Thank you. you know, I'm not sure which one he would do. I don't think I could see him as a nerd. I could see him as a jock or like a, some like punk guy. To be honest, I like Chalamet a lot. He's good. For like a Molly Ringwald type of character, you could have. Uh, anyone from like Karen is Karen Jillian too, from Guys of the Galaxy? She's too old for that, or no? She could probably rock that, right? Name? Karen Jillian, Gillian, or she's from Doctor Who as well. Uh, how how do you spell her name? I'll look her up. Karen Gillian. She was in Guys of the Galaxy. You know who I think would make a good like goth girl? Yeah, who who do you got? Anya Taylor Joy. 
I have to look that up. I, who is it? Anya Taylor Joy. Oh, she okay. Karen Gillian is thirty three. Okay, that's not that. You could do that totally. You know what? This that'd be this choice would be a great goth character. That'd be good. She, I I could just see it just by the look on her face. Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. I think she would be good. Yeah, but like Bender and Claire, like these these are. I think a Breakfast Club is due for a remake, and if they were to do it, this could be, this could be it. I think, and you bring in other things like social media. You bring in, like, not, not like we'll get to it, but not like so. Thirteen Reasons Why, but like, you can get into like this drama and stuff like that, and see, you know, it, it's a film that you could really do a lot with, to be honest with you. So, like the um, like bring up the, or like you know, because I you, when you first said this movie was due for a remake, I was like first going. How are you going to remake The Breakfast Club? But after what you've been saying? Yeah. Like, you know, put like modern, put some like modern day problems in there. Yeah. You just put like contemporary social teen anxiety, stress, uh, social class in high school. You know, there's other things you could do with it. So in my uh, opinion. Yes. What? Or maybe make one of the um, characters like LGBTQ. There's That's another one. You could do that. Totally. Because, you know, like, back then, there was sort of a stigma. Of course. Like, back then, those were the days that you kept it hush-hush. You couldn't, like, when Freddie Mercury found when everyone found out he was actually, like, gay. And, and you know what I mean? Like, that was a big thing back then, because no one, like, really, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, you know. I, mean, I, I, I always go back to him as the example, but it's just the truth. Like, nowadays... Well, I think it could work nowadays because now we live in a society that's more accepting of it. And, you know, like maybe, you know, give one character maybe who comes from an extremely conservative family and this person is gay, bisexual, transgender or lesbian. That could be a whole thing right there. Yeah. And, you know, how they're struggling with their sexuality. And, you know, because, you know, people who are people who do struggle to come out, that's a big mental health thing. Right. I mean, yeah, that does totals on their mental health. Those who are struggling to come out. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to I mean, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole thing about it, but like the whole LGBTQ plus community. That's for, um, next month. That's for Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> there we go right we'll do it if you are gay bisexual lesbian whatever or whatever please please watch next week no we, we have no idea we'll see we'll, we'll um, figure it out because we do have something in store but we don't know when we're going to do it yet yeah we'll figure that out well that's a topic for another time um any other comments for the breakfast club my guy do you think it's, it's overall you think it's worth a remake though i think it might be worth a remake like i said i think it's good but it is a little dated. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're remaking Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is another John Hughes movie. You know, like you're not doing that. You know, oh, let, uh, that should not be remade. But I think, but you know what? Like, here's the problem. Like I said, Nat, but if we made it for today's society, like 20, 30 years from now, they might look at the remake and say, okay, this is dated. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, but yeah, I would say, you know, if you set it and give them like modern day problems, yeah. I think it could work. 
I definitely think so. Bottom line, guys, what do you guys think? Do you think the Breakfast Club deserves a remake? Do you think it deserves more love? Do you think it should be left alone? What do you guys think about it? Jump down in the comment section below and share your thoughts. I want to just uh, go to the chat board for a sec. Joe Wiley is in the chat. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. How are we doing? And JT, your dad, interested in a thoughtful topic this week. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. You're the best. And I think this is your grandfather. Oh, hey, Pop. How are we doing? Today, the cast would wear a mask. Oh, well, who knows? We'll see. I went to I went to the grocery store today without a mask on because I didn't have to. I, I was not required. I felt pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, let's jump to our next coming off, folks. They're coming off. They're coming off, baby. All right, Bill. I, one of one of the next movies that we wanted to talk about. I'll, I'll start with it, but I feel like you have a lot to say on it. Um, and it's because we talked. I, I I did not shoot a review for this movie yet. I've been meaning to, but I think it'd be worthwhile for us to talk about it. Yes. It's Russell Crowe and a Beautiful Mind. Yes. Have you seen this movie? I have seen this movie. Me too. Let's both comment on it, shall in we? This, um, in my um, high school psychology class. Oh, wonderful. In the same one, I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in. Oh, nice. Um, it is. This is actually based on a true story. That's tr correct, yes. It's based on a guy named John Nash, who is a who's like a mathematician and he's a brilliant guy and he is a little odd yeah and, and he has all these illusions of you know of things that happen and you know he gets married has a kid and it turns out that um all these illusions he was having that he works for the department of defense that he had this roommate when he was in college when he was in grad school and that and that department and that roommate had a niece who we got close to it turns out but it turns out john nash has schizophrenia mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep and and there was a and it's just it's a good movie but i will admit it is sad to watch it absolutely is because you see this man who's on top of the world, but then you realize it was just. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, not it's, very, it's a very sad movie. It's very powerful, but it's very sad at the same time. Like here's the and like Renee Zellweger plays his um wife, John Nash's wife in the film. Yep. And that is her right there. Yep. And it's like when he's in the. um. I, I want to get there for a second, but I want to, there was a scene when he was, um, when he sees like men who think are like from the Soviets, because don't forget folks, this is the 1950s, the Cold War is still. It's brewing. It's brewing. So what happens is this doctor goes, my name's Dr. So-and-so, Mr. Nash, um, what, let's walk and talk. No, you're taking me to Moscow. And then he punches him in the face and then he wakes up in the, in the psychiatric hospital and he goes, and he's in a wheelchair with handcuffs and he goes where am i goes, macarthur psychiatric hospital okay this one i kind of found a little funny he's like sorry about the restraints but um you have one mean left hook because he hit him you have a mean yeah. left hook there so we're sorry yeah. about the restraints but right. then um but then it's told but then it's told like one of the 
but then there's like this scene when like Renee Zellweger, his wife is like denying that he's sick. Yeah. And he's saying like, you know, his roommate, Charles, who he allegedly grow, grew a friendship with is not real. He's like, well, have you ever met Charles? Has he ever been over for dinner? Did he come uh, to your wedding? I remember this scene. Yep. And, and, and Renee Zellweger goes, well, well, John says that he, well, John said he was busy teaching that week and he couldn't come. He said, well, yeah, we called the housing people at Princeton. John, they said John lived alone. Mm. Yeah. And, and then, and then, um, you know, it's the scene when they're giving him shock therapy, which guys, this was the fifties. Not too much was known about all this. Yep. That's true. And this movie was made in 2002, but it's played in the fifties. Right. And I love this, this quote, which really just hits everything. When he says, all of those who had skits, those who have schizophrenia, those dreams, they're not dead. They're not gone. They just never were. Mm. And it's, it's really sad. And then like the rest of the movie, I wouldn't want to say it's like super uncomfortable, but there are parts like, I don't know if you remember this part, JT, when Russell Crowe is giving his infant son a bath and he's like, the baby's like about to drown. Oh God. Yeah. That was scary. And you go, Charles, would you, would you, would you, would you watch it for a second, please? Thanks. And then he's like going on. And Renee's like, what the hell is going on? Goes, no, don't worry. Charles is watching him. Not that I'm, yeah. I'm not, again, not making fun. He goes, Charles is watching him. And he goes like, he's not there. Right. He's not real, John. He's not real. Look, yes, he is. He's right there. And then, and then like, um, the guy who play who allegedly works for the defense department, who's also in John's stream, said, "You better give me your son or something like that." He goes, "John, just do what he." And he's like, "The guy's holding a gun to Renee Zellweger's head, going, John, you better do what he says." Going, and then, and then she like takes the baby and runs out. And I feel like this is the moment when John Nash realizes he's sick, when he keeps seeing Charles's niece. Yeah, yeah. And he runs out to the car, talks to Renee Zellweger, going, she never ages. She's a, she's just been a little girl. I've known them for years. She's just a little girl. She stays a little girl. She doesn't age. Right. And, yeah, and, like, the let, and, like, this is a really, this is a really, and this again, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a mental health expert, but it does really dive into someone who has schizophrenia. Yeah, it's a good one to watch too. It's very, I mean, I don't want to say it's entertaining, but it's very informative if you watch it in that aspect. This is actually a true story, but I will admit this is very romanticized. Yeah. Like, um, for instance, um, in real life, John Nash was not really that good of a person. Yeah. But I think, like, the thing was, like, and, and it's interesting how other people see Nash's condition. Like, when he's out with Charles, 
shooting pool and one of the guys who is who he um who's like also a professor there or something who's like also a grad student there they're like going john who's winning you or you <laughs> I mean, yeah. nobody else is there right and or the scene when the um ed harris's character who's the defense department guy in his mind walks away and he goes you can't do this to me and somebody comes up john are you okay like i think what's interesting is how other people see it too you know what i mean yeah it's how other people look through john's eyes and but i think like the last act i think things get better as he learns how to become a better professor and he you know he's teaching and right and this when he does take like a little jab at his own condition when somebody from the nobel committee because true story john nash actually did win a nobel prize that's right i didn't know that yep at the end he's you know at the end someone goes hey dr nash my name is so and so i'm from the no i'm from the nobel committee and he goes to one of his students and and i like how he takes like a jab at his own condition going uh, can you see him too and she goes yeah i can see him okay he's real <laughs> and yeah that is it is a really jt i've been talking about this what are, what are your thoughts i think i think you summarized everything beautifully actually no no no, oh, no. like not to rip off the title of beautiful mind but like you really i this is why i have you on the show <laughs> like because this was yes i agree with every point you made i agree with all the casting i thought was great russell crowe did a great job he represented it very well to be honest with you like the action truck playing that character well playing him playing john ash for that well i thought it was great so um overall though i think if you have, like if you haven't seen a beautiful mind i recommend you check it out this is another film you have to see you have to see a beautiful mind to understand what some people go through on a daily basis and understand what they have they go through every day please watch it it's a great film if you haven't seen it i recommend it well because right. you know what though i what? think when you play a character with any like disorder well it be mental or developmental you have to keep in mind how are they playing the character are they playing it with dignity are they playing it as just a caricature right because you know that is a you know that's something we'll get into in a little bit but you know yeah. some people do get concerned when you have someone who play who has a mental illness yeah and and that person doesn't have a mental illness it kind of feels like in a way you're making fun of them mm -hmm. i don't know how you feel but no i mean i i don't want to go into it too much because i want to go to our next uh, couple topics a couple of choices selections but i think that but like like basically everything you said makes sense bill and i do i i, I can't emphasize this, this enough this is a great movie and i really recommend you watch it and understand what some people like i said i can't emphasize, i'm just gonna say it the way it is if you want to understand want to understand a specific type of illness in any sort of art form whether it be music movies whatever this is a great one to check out it's a fantastic picture and how um 
people some people are and it's just the truth so all right let's go on any, any, any final thoughts going once twice so the bill there we go all right our next topic is a, a film that we i personally have not seen but i know bill has and i know some people watching this either live or listening to us um listening to us as well um may have seen this and it's joker from 2019 bill do you remember this i mean, I, I, do. I, I didn't i did not see it I, you have the floor so go ahead okay so joker 2019 it's about a it's based off the batman comic yes. but it's not a batman movie by the way no i i didn't think it would be based on anything i saw but um arthur fleck is basically a party clown and he's just basically beaten down by the world and then he has this condition where he just randomly just laughs out of nowhere mm -hmm. and it's not like a fun laugh it just sounds like a forceful it just sounds like a very forceful painful laugh like it hurts and when people look at him he gives them this card saying i have a condition please return this card yeah and and the film you know what i'm just going to be straight up honest this is a very very depressing film in what way because i haven't seen it yet so what in what way are you talking about i may be giving away some spoilers but um go ahead i mean it's fine with me but i mean you're good so but um just like the tone is very dark the tone is it's just and it's just how one man just goes absolutely insane quoting the killing joke mm -hmm. it just takes one bad day for the crate for the for the sanest man to go crazy just one bad day and might add walking phoenix start is it i mean he he's a dynamite actor too oh he did fantastic but um i think like you know even though this film is set in like the 70s or 80s it does it does take like a lot of modern things like for instance there's a you know and this what it deals with mental health and this is the thing he's in the office with his therapist and he goes and he goes arthur she goes arthur this is gonna be our last session and he goes why don't they cut our funding the city cut our funding mm -hmm. well how am i gonna get my meds going, i don't know Oh boy. And like, and like, they don't say what the exact condition is, but he just goes absolutely crazy. And like, there's a, like, there's a scene when he's on the subway and he's laughing. And these Wall Street guys are about to, and these Wall Street guys are about to kick his you know what. And then he ends up freaking killing them jeez and then there's also themes of class warfare and all that but we won't get into that um because okay one thing because someone's running for mayor and you know who it is thomas wayne mm. and there's you know as what do you think about those wall street guys go that guy killed three good hard-working men and it's like i'm their only hope blah 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 he's an asshole but 
And there's also like this small subplot that that Arthur may be Thomas Wayne's son. Yeah, it's a little confusing. A little bit, yeah. It's never officially confirmed, but saying that that means, folks, in by that logic, the Batman and Joker are half brothers. Oh boy. But again, they I think like Thomas Wayne just says, I, I I've only watched it once because to be honest, that's all I could sit through. It's is it really? I mean, I'm, I'm asking you now because you saw it. Is it that disturbing? Well, I wouldn't say disturbing. It's not a feel-good story. Let's just say that. No, I, I, I would not think so if it's the Joker. Because it's, because you know what? It's, because there are, like, scenes when, again, I'm giving out a spoiler. I'm sorry. When he goes to his, they find out, like, his origins. And I'm guessing the, mo- the mother adopted him and found him handcuffed to a radiator. Found him chained to a radiator. That's how she found him as a kid. Oh, my God. And, like, that really screws it up. And there is a scene when um, his mother's in the hospital and he suffocates her. Jesus Christ. Like, he goes, you know, I thought my life was a tragedy. But you know what? It's a comedy. And he just kills her. And this guy is just... Very. Do you mind if I say the ending, or would you rather watch for yourself? Uh, you're fine. It's fine. I'll watch it eventually, so you're fine. <laughs> so okay, like, and throughout all this, he's a stand-up comedian, and okay. um, and then he's on um, he gets invited to be on this this late night show after a video of him bombing at stand-up goes um goes viral well not viral 70s 80s viral as it's shown on and then yeah they invited him the host who was played by robert de niro yep another robert de niro reference today folks ah there we go and he goes and that's the trademark can you introduce me as joker and you know there's and he's on the show and you know that whole thing when he killed the Wall Street guys, and he's like, and you know, there's like people rising up in like his mask to defend him, and he's on the show, and he goes, and he goes, and like this is, I know this is not like exactly what we're talking about, but this does show like a perfect like Joker when he goes, you're not political, right? Because I don't believe in anything. Which is just basically like that quote in the dark night. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yep. 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 Um, and he goes, you know what? So what, what do you think about those two guys who killed? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I killed them. And he just says it so nonchalantly. Wow. But yeah, before that, he tells some very deep, disturbing joke. And I remember watching this in the theaters. I'm like, oh boy. And then the, like, you saw it in theaters? I saw it in theaters. Oh God. <laughs> why, why do you say oh God? No, because I mean I I knew it was like one of the best movies of that year, but like God, that takes guts, man. I, I don't know if I could sit there. I could watch it at home, but watching this movie in a theater. <laughs> like I remember, um, and then like Murray Franklin goes, You're kidding, I go, No, I killed them. And he just and then they're told us, you know what? You deserve to be locked up somewhere. Call the police. He goes, Hey Murray, how about another joke? And he goes, and he goes, no, no, I've had enough of you. 
go get this guy off the stage. What do you get? A guy who is kicked down by society and tossed around like nothing. You get what you deserve and shoots him. And oh then, God. and then, like, I remember when that scene happened, all of us were just like, I was like literally thinking, like, listen, this wasn't a bad movie. This was not a bad movie. I, I don't I think it was. Thinking, oh my God, get me out of here. Wow. And I'm like, and, and then he gets arrested and they do show him at him just laughing in a mental hospital. Oh God. And then the doctor goes, what's so funny? He said, just a joke. And he goes, what is it? And he goes, you want to tell me? He goes, you wouldn't get it. And then he starts singing the song. um, That's life by Frank Sinatra. Uh, you know, that's, that's life. life. Yep. And he goes, that's what people say. And he's walking back, and there's blood on his footprints. Hinted that he killed him. Wow. Crazy. I'm, I remember just walking out of there. I felt like I felt very empty walking out. I mean, you must have been drained. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like, you know, um, but you know what? It's like, this scene, uh, it's like, and, and you know what I found very, very disturbing? What? Just like surrounding it. People brought their kids to see this. Thinking that it'd be all like Heath Ledger? Because <laughs> they thought, oh, it's a Batman. It's a comic book movie. How bad could it be? And then like, they saw it for what it was. Because there was actually some movie theater. I want to say it was in Virginia. It said no kids? It said, please don't take your kids to see Joker. This is about a man who descends into madness and depression and anxiety. Don't take the kids. Batman's not in it. Um, we do see a young Bruce Wayne, but. Right. But it's, it's a Joker film for a reason. And people just and. And you know what? Because I think the message of that film is basically how we as a society treat mental health. That's a very because, good point. Because here's the thing. When th- that scene I told you when they're saying, Arthur, they cut our funding. And like that's what causes some of these incidents to happen, unfortunately. Because these people can't get the care they need. Wow. They can't get the care they need. And, you know, when this movie was coming out, I don't know if you remember this, there was a lot of concern, not just how they portrayed mental health, but they thought there was going to be a, you know, they thought that like there was, I want to say it was in LA. I could be wrong, but they actually canceled screenings of it because they were, because they got like a credible threat of something that was going to happen. Oh God. Okay. And there was also shootings in, okay. This one I believe is justified. There was the movie theater in Aurora where the um, shooting in 2012 of The Dark Knight Rises happened. Oh, God, yeah. They actually... They actually, whatchamacallit, they actually pulled showings of that movie. They said, we're not going to show it because we think it's disrespectful to those who... Because don't forget, the guy who did that shooting, James Holmes, dyed his hair and said he was the Joker. Oh, yeah, that's not to laugh, but that's pretty bad. (laughs) 
because don't forget, like, I think that, like, I said, listen, I'm a big fan of whole, like, canceling movies, but I think that was kind of justified because in I that agree. area, because I get it, it's a very sensitive area. People are probably still scarred from it. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, this movie, like I said, I could only really, like, I remember I tried watching it again when it was on, like, HBO or something. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I had to change the channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like it is very, it is a very, dis, it is a disturbing film, but sometimes I think we need to feel uncomfortable to address problems. Okay. We do need to feel uncomfortable and we do need to have conversations and listen, they're not going to be pleasant conversations. They're not going to be all hunky dory, but I think when we do discuss mental health in general, we need to have that conversation and listen. And the good thing about this movie was it was starting up conversations about mental health. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, when these incidents happen, cause I remember back when we were talking about Aurora, um, I, I was in this pre-college program when I was going to community college and it was a summer program. And I remember the Monday after that incident happened in Aurora, I remember a professor, a teacher that I had came in and he said, listen, if you're having any issues, any mental health issues at all, please come talk to me or find someone to talk to, because I don't want you to be that guy. Which, yeah, so I know you haven't seen it and you had to sit here and listen to me drone on and on and on. And on. <laughs> no, no, I, I really don't mind. If you want to check the chat board for a second, too, that'd be good. Okay, let me check the chat board for a second. We have, we've had a lot of Joker conversation going on here. Um, okay, Asma, the media was doing some fear mongering for this movie. Yes, uh, yeah, Asma, I kind of agree with you. Um, there was absolutely no threat seeing this movie in theaters. They kept saying, well, no, well, Asm, I did hear, listen, do not hold me to this, Asm, but I did hear that there was some threat in Los Angeles and they had to cancel showings back then. Um, again, Asm, do not hold me to this, but I can look it up and get back to you. Um, I will, like I said, I'm not exactly, but I do remember hearing something along those lines. And I think Aurora did cancel a showing, but again, I'm again I I don't exactly remember. Let me look this up. But um, yeah, I agree, but disagree. I can about that that it was a sting, that it was causing some backlash. Because on one hand, I get it that people are concerned about how mental health is portrayed in films. And that's to get to another pick in a bit when we get to it. But I think in another way, it, um, and yeah, like the only thing that was justified again, I think was Aurora. I think that was the only thing that was justified and that was Aurora. Um, I'm not trying to start a fight with you as um, but mm-hmm. I'm just going off what I heard. I'm just going off what I heard. Any other um, comments, concerns, questions for Joker? Joker. No, <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I just gave my 20 minute TED talk. 
I might just watch it tonight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll watch it at some point. But that, that's, I mean, I'm going to be brought up there for this topic. I have one last topic for us to talk about. Um, if it's movie-wise, I got one more movie to talk about. And okay, yeah. this is kind of cheating because the movie isn't out yet. Oh, yeah. You, you wanted to talk about Dear Evan Hansen, right? I want to talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Go ahead. I will be right back. I'll tell you. The trailer just dropped this week, actually. Well, okay. either this week or last week. It, the trailer just dropped. It comes out in September. I'll be right back. I'll be right here. Um, it's based on the Broadway musical by Pasiak or Pasek. I say Pasiak. JT says Pasek. I don't know how to say it. Um, but Pasek and Paul, the same team that brought us um, La La Land and um, The Greatest Showman. And so what it's about, like, I, okay, I've only listened to some of the soundtrack. I haven't seen the show, so I'm not an expert. But um, Dear Evan Hansen is about a, is about a teenager who has social anxiety and gets a, and this kid who he somewhat makes friends with, unfortunately takes his own life. And throughout, they find a letter that they said he wrote, that the kid wrote to, to Evan Hansen, but it was a letter that he wrote, which was an assignment from his therapist. And it's basically, you know, he's been taken in with his um with that kid's family he develops a basically a love interest to the sister and not gonna get into the whole thing but um because like i said i have not seen the show but i think you know that's like how other mediums are portraying are portraying um are portraying mental health and you know social anxiety maybe it's an it is a condition because yep. I know people who have it. Um, I know people who have it and, and I know it may not sound as serious as something like schizophrenia or the other things we've been talking about tonight, but I think it is a, but I think it is good that it's being addressed. And you know what? Go ahead, audience. You can laugh at me. I actually want to see this movie. When it comes out, I actually want to see it. I do too. I, I know the play very well. Oh wait, have you seen it or? No, I've listened to it on on um because you know some people that, like listen to plays on uh, Spotify and stuff like that. That's you. <laughs> well, I, I was for a little bit. I do like it, but you know. Yeah, no, I would like to see it. It's a and the. I've only listened to a few songs. Um, I feel the music is very. Um, I feel the music is very is very good. And like I said, Pesak or Pesiak? For what the last name? Yeah, is it Pesak or Pesiak? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but Ben Plath, who played him on Broadway. Yeah, he's, he's actually friendly. reprising his role. Yeah, he's fantastic. I love him. He is. 
Wasn't he in Pitch Perfect? I think he was. I forget. No, he was he was the weird, awkward kid in Pitch Perfect. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Um, this would usually be the time I'd be asking Anna Kendrick to call me, but since we are on this serious topic, I am not going to do that. Um, we'll do, we'll do a shout out at the end. It's fine. But anyway, um, yeah, like this, like I said, I can't really say too, too much because the movie hasn't come out yet and I haven't seen the show. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I can only comment so much, so. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I'd be interested to see this movie. I actually just watched the trailer yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, this looks good. And because, you know, there are a few songs I actually do like. I think my personal favorite one is the song Waving Through a Window. Mm -hmm. I like the uh, opening fanfare. Do you have an hint? You know, I like that part. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to adopt this to film. Yeah, it should be interesting how the, the uh, Tony Award winning musical off Broadway gets to do this. Yeah. Okay. We do got a few more things to touch on. All right. What do you got? Because I got one, I got a TV show that I want to touch on. But what what do you have? Because I got okay. one more thing. Um. Okay. Okay. This is technically this is not a mental illness. It's a developmental disorder. But since that month passed last month, and I was going to do a movie review for it. And I'm also going to do a TV show about it. So, yeah, what do you got? Okay, last month was Autism Awareness Month. Correct. And I'm sorry we're kind of clumping Autism and Mental Health Awareness Month into one, but I was going to do a review of this movie, but some personal things came up, and I kind of, it kind of got sidetracked. It's totally fine. And that is Rain Man. Um, With Tom okay, Cruise. this movie came out. I've only seen parts of it, but I know what pretty much to say. This movie came out in 1988. So it's Tom Cruise and um, Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise plays this rich guy whose father passes away. And he's thinking he's getting his car, but he isn't. It's also it's being left to this guy who he doesn't know. And it goes to a institution and it turns out the guy is his brother, played by Dustin Hoffman, who is an autistic savant. So they go on this road trip together, and, you know, there's like a brotherhood being built. And, you know, it does show like classic, you know, some things of autism, such as regiment, like he always has to watch people's court at a certain time or always has to go to bed at a certain time. But he's also very smart and basically helps him count cards. In a casino. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you folks. This movie is terribly dated. I mean, it looks dated too. Like just know how we handle autism back then of how they handled it. Oh, I see. Like, cause don't forget, like I've said it a few times, I'm on the spectrum myself. And I say that this movie is, it is terribly dated because we, we know much more about autism now than we did back then. And it's a good movie, but I will admit it is dated. Um, Now, a TV show that also tackles autism that I would like to speak about, if that's okay, JT, because I know you want to get to yours. But oh, yeah, and we'll make mine the last of the night because that's all I got. So, but go ahead. 
Um, and you know, since we're on the top, and that is, yep, the good doctor. Way ahead of you, bud. Go ahead. Spill okay. your guts, Bill. Spill your guts. For those of you who do not know me or know this, this is a show about a doctor named Sean Murphy. No relation. I'm not related to a fictional character, but Dr. Sean Murphy is a is someone who's on the autism spectrum who is a who is a surgical resident and he is training to become a doctor and and throughout the show you know it does what i like about this show because a lot of people this show in the autism community actually has like a mixed reaction some people love it some people can't stand it me i could probably do a whole separate video on this but me as someone who is on the spectrum i actually don't find anything i this is just my personal view yeah this is how i personally see it if you see it a different way then you're entitled to your own opinion but i think the prop i think the thing I act, like I said, I love this show. This is actually one of my favorite shows. I because it shows that someone who's on the spectrum can do anything. And, you know, and it's not just the doctor thing. Yeah, he does have problem with communication, but it does show that people with autism are just normal people. Yeah, they might function different, but he can have a job, a, a job that about 90% of the world probably can't do being a doctor, but also, you know, personal life, he can have relationships. He is actually in a relationship now in the show, but I like how they do, how they do show how someone with autism can do anything. And, you know, this goes into something we were talking about this, how people with debt with different mental health disorders, how people with different mental health disorders um, are portrayed. Because one of the big controversy of this show is Freddie Highmore. You may, you may remember him as Charlie and Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Actually plays Sean. Oh, wow. And Freddie Highmore is neurotypical. Mm, okay. Or it doesn't have autism. And a lot of people find that kind of troublesome. Wow. Oh that you have someone who is neurotypical play someone with autism. Yeah. If you ask me personally, I think as long as it's played with dignity, as long as it's played with dignity, I don't really see an issue with it. I know some people may disagree with me and they're entitled to their opinion, but I really don't as long because I do think he does play Sean with dignity and respect. He doesn't try to make him like, oh, he doesn't try to drive him over. Yeah. Like he does show how he has problems with social skills, how he has some sensory problems. And. Yeah, I'm going to admit the, the most recent season has been. There's two episodes left, but most of this season has been absolutely heartbreaking. I'm not getting into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it for those who are trying to catch up. Yeah. But this show is 
Again, I want to say autism is not a mental illness. Correct. It is a developmental disorder. Correct. But I think, you know, it does involve the mind. And I'm thinking since we didn't really do anything for autism awareness month last month, because I was dealing with some things, I thought we kind of lump it in. But again, I'm not trying to say autism is a mental illness. And that's what I have to say on that. Wise words from a wise man. That is Bill Murphy. You are the man, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank you as always for sharing your input. I, I love hearing your input, and that's why I have you as my co-host. I'm honored to be here. So you have one more you want to talk about? You said I have one more that I have some. I would like to shed some light on in a positive and negative way. Um, given that it's over, but Bill, I, I'll let you chime in whenever you're ready. But I want to talk about 13 reasons why. I remember we actually talked about this. I think was it during our um, overrated TV shows. I think. Uh, who who thought what did Dan bring it up or did I bring it up? I think it was Dan that brought it. It was either you or Dan who brought it up. I think I brought it up. I said I, I just didn't like how they handled certain things, to be honest. And plus the it was based on a book and whatever. Um look, you wanna uh, I know the initial episode of our mixed bag show was unpopular opinions. I thought this was a terrible idea to make. I will go so far as to say that. I have very strong feelings about this show. I did see the whole first season. I did. And I was disgusted by this. I know Bill has gone off on his tangents, but I'm going to go off on mine. Go right ahead. This show on Netflix was atrocious. This, and yes, it was based off a book. Yes, it was based off of like, oh, this girl got killed or she killed herself. Listen, listen to me right now. This show, 13 Reasons Why, like what? It's disturbing. It makes me sick to my stomach because people I know, my family is, I'm not going to go into too much on them, but they're in the education field and they had conversations with people about, they had conversations with people about this show in their school districts, not just in here in New York, not just in New Jersey, but across the country, people are having t- conversations about 13 reasons why and how stupid this show is and what topics it brought up. It was highly disrespectful because, oh, I, 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 I'll, 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 it, it disgusts me personally as a human being. I know, Bill, Bill, you've gone off on your tangents. Like I said, I'm, I'm going off on mine. Dude, this go is, right ahead. I might this, is, okay. this show fucking sucks. Because, not because of the quality of it, not because, no, but because the story, the storylines, and the, qual- the story itself is awful. And th- 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 this could play into the whole conversation. I'm, I'm not going to let it, but this could be a whole conversation about why Netflix is going downhill or things like that. And this stuff like Disney plus might take over. This is a whole thing. I want to get on the actual book Wikipedia page of this. Cause this thing is awful. I hate this topic. It's about a girl who commits suicide and leaves behind cassette tapes of for 13 people who, who blames for her demise as a person. And you're going to make a fucking TV show out of this? 
you have got some audacity, Netflix. Like uh, this mental health awareness. Okay, a girl kills herself. Do you have any idea what Netflix is? The show caused school districts, police departments, all across the United States of America and possibly the world to band together and say, "Look, this is really fucked up. We're not going to talk about this." This is I hated when this was on and I hated watching every single second of it because, oh, let me just try it out. Right. No, this was awful. I hated this so much when it came out and they're like, oh, it was a popular Netflix. Thing. They made four fucking seasons out of it. Bullshit. Can I ask you a question, JT, if you don't mind? Bill, go ahead. Calm me down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this may get you fired up again. Um, what? 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 But do you think this show sort of like, because I remember I've watched like some YouTube videos that. Do you think this sort of like romanticizes suicide in a way? It does. It does. It. No, 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 no. You, you are you are absolutely correct. Like, I can't really speak to the matter because I never really watched it. Like, maybe I I remember my brother watched was watching it and I walked in when he was watching it and I just sat down on the couch while he was watching it. I was like on my phone or something. Yeah. But I do remember he did show me. I said at one point I was curious. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should give it a watch because don't do it. No, because it, <laughs> then he showed me a certain scene and I just said, you know what? I'm not watching the show. Honestly, it's just it's it's an atrocious show. It's it's a disgusting, disgusting show. I like it's honest. I don't care. I don't care about like this show makes me upset that people are, that stuff like this gets greenlit in the studios. And I, it's, it's awful. It's, it's just like, why? First off, the subject matter alone is controversial, let alone you're going to make a Netflix show about it. And this show just makes me sick. It makes suicide look like a joke when ending your life is not a joke. If, and I'm saying this, on air, I'm saying this to whoever's out there listening to this. If you are ever in trouble, get help. Absolutely. If you are ever in need, get help. If you feel left out, talk to a friend. Talk to your mom or dad. Talk to a parent. Talk to a grandparent. Talk to a neighbor. Talk to whoever you can trust to make sure that you're okay. Because once okay. you're not... Listen, you, it's a permanent, pro, permanent solution to a temporary problem. Absolutely. All right. This show fucking overdid everything to me. And I'm sorry I'm swearing. I don't like swearing on camera and stuff like that. But like, no, no, dude, I understand. Like, like I said, like, like, this show is, is this show amplified suicide and it showed how, oh, like, oh, it's like all dramatic. Like, look, I'm going to get like, like my cocky voice. This show, like, per, per, like suicide is no big deal. Bullshit. Bullshit. You know if what? I want to say this. I want to say this on a personal matter, if that's okay. Go ahead, Bill. Because let me tell you, in and you know what? Now, now you're getting me all fired up. Sorry, so I don't mean happens, to. I don't mean to. I really don't mean no, to. But because like, from a personal standpoint, I had a friend. He's still he's still alive, but I had a friend who texted me one time and said he was thinking about killing himself. That's awful. And he said, like, I was talking to him at, like, the late hours of the night. And I actually thought he was going to do it. So you and know did you I get did? any help? What was that? 
Did you get him help? I was on the phone with the suicide hotline till like three in the morning. Good God. Did, did, did you help him out though? I helped him out. Um, he's doing okay today. Great. Um, That's he's, good. He's still got some work to do, but he's getting help. Um, this is why you cannot. I'm telling you all this mental health. You need to express your health. You need to tell people. You and I just want to share the lady I was talking to on the suicide hotline. She There's was fantastic. Me. She was just absolutely awesome. That's good to know because now people can go online and go call that line. I think Logic didn't Logic do a, a song about that. Yes, and you want to know? I got it. I just got to say this one thing about the song before I get back on that. Um, yeah, I yeah. remember that song would be playing in like bars and clubs when I was in New Paltz, and I didn't know what that song was about until then. I did not know what that song was about, and then I remember Logic did that song at the um, Grammys, right? Right, and and I remember, I'm like, wait a minute, this song's about suicide? And then I like literally went up stairs in my room, put on my earbuds, pulled up YouTube, and I just sat there and just listened to the words. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Because I remember going into the bars and that, I hated that song because it was always being played. Yeah. But now I'm like, holy shit, I, I have a newfound respect for this song. Like, I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, and, and it, it, I, yeah, you can't hear it over like hundreds of screaming drunk college kids, but but when I took another listen to it, I'm like, whoa, I didn't know. And like when he said, I want to live today or something like that, and yeah, but that's the thing, that's the thing, guys. It's like, and I see why you hate this. Because it does romanticize things like that, and it and it shouldn't. It, there should be no romanticizing of it. If you hate, you know what? The people who wrote this never had to stay up. Probably okay. I don't know these people who wrote it. I don't yeah. know what they're like. I don't know them personally. I don't sit down and play golf with them. But <laughs> golf. <laughs> yeah, I don't play golf. I suck at it. But anyway, how much you want to bet these people never? I don't want to make assumptions. But they probably never had to stay up till three in the morning making sure their friend doesn't kill themselves. I agree. No, I I could I second that. That's absolutely true. Like, how much do you want to bet they've never done that? A lot. And yeah, it's just yeah, because I've been in that situation when I had to be on the phone with the hotline to make sure my friend didn't do it. And I don't want to get too, too much into the story. But like I said, the woman who was on the phone was wonderful. And she wasn't just concerned about my friend. She sounded like she was concerned about me, too. She said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to him as soon as you can. But please get some sleep first. You sound like. I said, so like, tonight I got to go to bed with that on my conscience. Yeah. And then he go, and then she goes, listen, just. just you know just call him tomorrow try to get some sleep tonight and yeah this is a this is a good one to bring up to be honest with you yeah like but you know what i think maybe this show is kind of a blessing in disguise hear me out 
Go ahead. I'm listening. This is probably the show to show everything what not to do about this topic. I agree. Like, how do you think stuff like this should be portrayed? It should not be portrayed like this. We leave tapes behind. <laughs> and like, you know, because I know a lot of school districts were very concerned about the show. That's what I was saying. Like, there were so many across the nation. Like, people were like, okay, now we have to tell our kids. Literally, there were flyers sent home at some points about kids watching this. Because like, like, we don't want to get any ideas. Well, because Netflix does that, so. But you know what? On the other hand, no, this is another conversation. Then parents need to step up and not let their kids watch it. It's simple as that. You can put the blocks on there of what your kids can and can't listen. Neither of us have children, so we can't really speak to that matter. Yeah, but, I don't have good kids either. So, but um, but you know, you can put but parents, you can put blocks on Netflix to determine what your kids can and can't watch. Please do. Please. Oh, Ozark, anyone? <laughs> hey my dad likes that show don't pick on those arcs um sorry sorry you know what i mean though but yeah i understand um so i think go, you need yeah. to i think they yeah well this was a heavy topic this week i know and for those of you who don't who are wondering why did we do this it's because may is mental health awareness month and technically it shouldn't just be a month you should always be mentally healthy oh, and absolutely. aware of what's going on with your life no matter what and where you are in life it's just the truth. You got to be careful. You got to be safe. Do what you got to do. So, oh, absolutely. Um, Bill, do, do any other things you want to bring up, or are we good for the night? I think we're okay. Like there is a movie that I didn't see, but um, this was actually from a sh a, a shout out to our dear friend Matt Hemsley. Um, he couldn't be here tonight. He um had some commitments. Yeah. Um. But he did recommend the movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, can you talk about that a little bit? Or? I, I only a little bit. I'm not trying to look at the right one. I haven't seen it, but I, I know about it. Emma Watson's in it. Um, I know that. Um, I can't really to go much, much more much into it because I haven't seen it. But I do know like Ezra Miller, who's now the flashes in it and stuff like that. Um we do like to thank Matt Hemsley for the recommendation. Yes, thank you, Matt Hampson. Well, this is our last topic for the night, guys. So I just want to let you know. Okay, guys. Um, so, um, but I mean, I do know. Oh, I, I've heard about it a lot. I mean, I don't know exactly what it's about. Oh, Logan Lerman's in it. That's right. Um, it's about like someone who's who has PTSD and he goes through his journey in high school and he makes new friends. And it has a bunch of other people in it too, like Paul Rudd and John Cusack's in it and stuff like that. So, oh, Joan Cusack, sorry. Um, yeah. I, 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 this is another one. I, like, I haven't seen it, but I do recommend you seeing it, and to myself as well. This is another one I recommend seeing, because uh, it is very good. Uh, if, if one, to my understanding, it is very good. I do like. I mean, a lot of people like don't really. A lot of people like think I'm like the big budget blockbuster guy. I like independent films a lot, to be honest with you. Like coming, like there's a couple of coming of age films I like too, um, like uh, Perks Being Wall. I like not Perks Being Wallflower. Um, one Miles Teller. I can't think of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking and, about. And Shailene Woodley. Uh, I, I forget the name of it, though. Um, <clears throat> anyways, but like, like, if you think about it, let me know in the chat board or whatever. Um, but yeah, any, anything on Perks being well, I mean, I haven't seen it. I do know what you're talking about. Thank you, Matt Hemsley. But I do know this is Thank a very you, Matt good Matt Hemsley. Hopefully when one. your schedule calms down, we can have you back. 
Yeah, I'd love to have you back, bud. Any other comments for that, Bill, or are we all good? I think we're good. Okay, well, guys, this was a... Uh... Well, in that case, everyone, I really hope that you all had a fantastic time. I know, listen, this is a very, very controversial topic. We're not controversial, but like just a heavy topic in general. But we want to thank you so much for listening to us and watching us tonight. Yeah, thanks. And hopefully next week we can go back to more lighter topics. And more fun topics. Yeah, we, you just, know. we just thought this was a topic that needed to be addressed. And um, yeah, listen, again, like what JT said, if you are experiencing any issues with mental health, get help. Please get help. Listen. Go, go. There's no shaming going to seek professional help. I see a therapist every week. There's listen, no we, shame in talking about there's it. There's no shame in telling your friends. Or like, trust me, in today's day and age, like, believe it or not, if, you, in the, if it was 1985, you might have more a harder time. It's 2021. You should be okay. And the, I want to thank Bill, of course, joining us as well. Um, every week, thank you so much, Bill, for this. This is a big topic. Thank you so much, buddy. You're, you're welcome, my friend. You are so welcome. Yeah. And, I, like, and, like, and I said, like I said, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. You guys are amazing. Um, and like I said, as I can't emphasize this enough, get help. If you feel you need it, get it. There's a, we're in the middle of a pandemic still, whether you like to believe it or not. If you're, if you're vaccinated, even if you're vaccinated or not, if you need help, there's still always someone to talk to. You, you know, just reach out to whoever you can and God bless you all. Seriously. So, um, but on that note, next week, Wednesday night, will be our next mixed bag episode. Thank you so much for watching us. And we'll, and we'll be talking about something more fun, hopefully. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll let you guys know what the next week's topic is probably next Monday or Tuesday, but then um, we'll figure that out in a little bit. But I want to thank the good man joining me as always, Bill Murphy. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Anyway, you know, oh, wait, I forgot to mention, we did bring up Pitch Perfect in a sense. Anna, call him, you know, just saying. Call me Anna. Yeah, just at Anna Kendrick. end of dark episode. Yeah, right. Anna Kendrick helps out. Um, but thank you, everyone. Thanks again for watching. You guys are the best. We'll see you guys next week on another episode of Mixed Bag. We'll see you later. Have Bye a good guys. one.